This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to our podcast introduction. Um... This this sort of started last week because of the weird things that the software was doing with our recording. Hopefully this week you'll have the whole thing, or potentially nothing at all. Um, still with me are Ben and Nick. Hi, chaps. Hello, sausage. Uh, is... Nick, are you still actually there? Yes, chorizo. I'm here. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> this sausage stuff. Anyway, well, first of all, we'll find we're... out more about that in a bit. Yeah, you will find yeah. out much more. <laughs> I forgot about this. Why are we talking about it? Is it... They've heard the podcast already, yeah, I, they're doing I, it at the beginning. It's because I'm an idiot. I kind of assume that everyone who downloads a podcast also listens live, but they don't. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I may have got a little aggressive there. Anyway, the main part of this is for us to say thanks for downloading the podcast. Um, you'll, you'll hear plenty this week. Uh, it's a particularly packed show. Uh, all sorts of bits and pieces, mainly about the Peterborough game and uh, what else did we talk about? Transfers of Bayern, Bayern Finnick and uh, Juan Roman. Uh, various other little bits and pieces. Uh, yeah, plenty of communication from the, the live listeners. So if you want to get yourself involved in that, make sure you listen live. Um, things start about 8 o'clock on a, on a Sunday night and carry on, well, for quite some time. Well, usually. the night. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to stop at 9, but was it about 9.40 today? So, yeah, bear that in mind. But uh, it's well worth listening live. A live listener today, Jerry, won the... Uh, don't say teacher. that. Don't say that. Oh, what have you Oh, no, I've given it away, haven't I? You've uh, An unnamed Jerry listener. Jerry may or may not have. Yeah, Jerry may or may not win the T-shirt from redbluearmy.co.uk. <laughs> maybe someone else will. Oh, the suspense. Oh. Maybe you're just lying. Maybe yeah. maybe Serial won it with a song. He might have done. Serial Filler might have won it with a song. Another song. But anyway, uh, enough of this rambling. Just thought we'd uh, we'd give you a little bit extra as podcast listeners. And some point in the future, the podcast is going to be edited down to some highlights. I reckon that's the plan. Anyway. Two minutes long. Yeah, but but for now, but for now, you get the full show as a podcast and an extra intro, intro and an outro. Talking of which, the uh, the outro will be appearing at, at the end. That's what happens with them. So, uh, again, thank you very much for downloading, and we will speak to you again in a minute. Now, guys, I'm going to play this harp sound effect again, 
Um, but we'll have to sit here in silence for a little bit, all right? So, here we go. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Homestale Radio. Butterfield in for the hat trick. Astonishing. Of all the unlikely heroes. It's Scannell. Ambrose. Crystal Palace, and that may do it. Flick goal, it's an own goal from Popovich. Tonight on Homestyle Radio, Ben Nagel and Nick Gusset. But firstly, your host for tonight, Chris. Hambling. Hi, welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling. He's awesome. I love Clinton. Too much. Can you cut out a lot of my I love Clinton too much behaviour? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, just... Oh, uh, well, what, hmm? what was that noise? What was that noise? Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio with me, your host, Chris Hambling. Uh, we are the free-to-air internet... And that's that's where I got up to in my writing of my introduction earlier today. So it was good good to start though, wasn't it? Anyway, with me today I've got Nick Gussett and Ben Nagel, as you would have heard in the Peter Dixon themed introduction there. And uh, what I want to talk about first, gentlemen, was we had um obviously Peter Dixon is the guy who does the X Factor um announcements, as you will know. And um obviously he's a professional. I can hear myself back. That's weird. Anyway, he is a professional, um, but obviously all the professionals do occasionally get things wrong. So we've got a clip of Ben Nagel. There might be a bit of silence oh, in this. Oh, no. Delay. What is this? So we've got Ben Nagel here with Peter Dixon doing it properly. Ben Nagel! That's good, wasn't it, Ben? It was all right. Right, yeah. Peter's first effort was... Ben Nagel! I quite like Ben Nagel. How do you feel? No, let's let's not use that one. You don't want to use Ben Nagel. Well, look, we we were no, sympathetic of the situation. We were sympathetic of the situation, and myself and, and producer Mikey, who is actually alive and about, uh, came up with a third option. Let's see how you like this. Oh no, Ben Nagel. <laughs> how, how, how do you feel about that one? Uh, it's a new one. I've never never heard anyone say my surname quite like that, but yeah, maybe no. it could catch on. Yeah, it's just 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 a thought. You don't have to pour so much scorn on it, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm not quite sure why I can hear myself. Thank you very much for, for the massive no, effort that you uh, put into that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, listen, we've got a packed show for you today. Um, plenty of uh, entertaining things, hopefully. Uh, obviously, if you want to get in touch with us today, you can do so on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Include at whole radio with your message. Uh, you can message us on Facebook, as a couple of people have done. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. <clears throat> uh, you can talk to Nick in the chat room. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, you can give us a call. It's 0208-123-1646. Again, as always, might take a couple of tries because it involves me paying attention uh, and noticing on my other computer screen that someone is calling. But uh, do give it a go if you want. Uh, calls will be charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle on your mobile. 
Uh, and you can email us, radio at homestyle.net, and we'll try and get to everything we can. Um, you know, with the best will in the world, we probably won't get to everyone's com- uh, communication, but we will try. And as an added incentive today, uh, the wonderful Terry at redandbluearmy.co.uk has offered us one of his new Wilfred Zaha t-shirts. Uh, if you go and check the threads on Homestyle and the BBS, there's a link to his site which will show you what they look like, including a picture of Wilf posing in one. Uh, basically, throughout the course of the show your communication will be judged harshly by ben nick and myself and the best communication will win that prize and we'll get in touch with you and organize delivery of the t-shirt so obviously thanks very much to terry at red and blue army.co.uk if you don't visit his site regularly you should it's fantastic Uh, and gives a very much a different sort of angle on match reports in the day and and especially the away games it's great to sort of have that full uh, experience of the day so do check that out <clears throat> and also, if you're checking out Palace-related stuff and you don't already, five-year plan uh, fanzine. Hopefully, most of you would have got your copy of their fanzine at the game. I believe they sold out of printed copies, but uh, you can get a PDF version from their website for a pound, I think. Uh, excellent value, as always. And, uh, yeah, gave me a few chuckles on the way home on the train as well. So, well worth a, well worth a look. And their five-year plan fanzine.co.uk, I believe. Or .com. I don't know. Anyway, so that's all the bits and pieces out of the way. Um, just to run you through what we're going to get up to today. Oh, God, I'm going on a bit. I'll talk to the other guys in a sec. Um, but we're going to have a quick chat about uh, three or four topics. Um, there's an email, a couple of uh, the sort of transfer bits and pieces that we've got involved in. Um, we'll, um, we'll have a chat probably about the kids group with the whole family day thing. There's been a, a very positive thread on the BBS and a slightly less positive thread on the Homesdale. So we'll, um, we'll have a... Uh, have a yeah, have a nice long chat about that. Um, and yeah, then we'll review the Peterborough game. Um, talk about the, the lineup, give a bit of a summary, and pick out a few key points. And then uh, we'll go on to look ahead to the games against Coventry and Burnley. Uh, Coventry obviously on Tuesday night, and uh, Burn- Burnley on the following Saturday. Which um, two winnable games, arguably. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll address that a little bit later on. And finally, we'll we'll catch up with all the different comments and emails and calls and bits and pieces that we've got from you today. So that shouldn't take us a tremendous amount of time, but last week me and Mark managed an hour and 45 minutes on very little, so who knows? Uh, hopefully hopefully it'll be nice. So let's just catch up with the people who are helping me today. Benjamin, how the devil are you? Hello, Sausage. All right. Oh, you can't call me Sausage live on air. That's well out of order. I've done it now. Yeah. It's out there, isn't it? I mean, what are people going to think? Um, well, I should probably explain that at Palace yesterday, uh, we were just waiting before the game. You were having a cigarette. I was, I was just chatting to you. And uh, a random woman walked past that I've never seen before, and she she said hello, sausage to you. Uh, is there any reason behind that? Because he looks like one. No, mm, that's possible. <laughs> not not that I'm, she's not called me sausage before, but I'll accept that. You know, I've been called a lot lot worse. So true, true. Happy with it that. might catch on. Yeah, please don't email in and call me sausage. I know I've obviously now opened the floodgates for that, but I'm just not having it. Um, yeah. So Ben, you wanted to plug something, didn't you? Mm, well, now that you've mentioned it, I might as well. But yeah, I've written I've written a blog. If anyone wants to read it, it's www.bennagle.blogspot.com. It didn't seem too enthusiastic. Should people read it? Is it good? They know it's oh, it's fantastic, obviously. But you know, I, I don't want to force people to to go and read it. But I'd no, recommend never, it thoroughly. Never going to get ahead with that attitude, Nick. What do you think about that? I think it's a spiffing blog. Spiffing is good. Yeah. Yeah. So read of it and uh, I found it fantastic it, it just needs a few pictures in my opinion 
Yeah, all right. Excellent stuff. And I know Ben's got some offers from Ramsey and yourself to put some pictures on there. Splendid stuff. All right. Have you got some sort of a link for that, Ben, or is it too complicated? Um, I will I'll post it on Twitter now under the whole radio mm. aim. Um, so, Nick, how, how can you... Uh, I just didn't really talk to you very much there. Um, are you okay today? I'm in a good mood, yes. Um, I went to my brother's wedding on Saturday, on Friday. Um, I'm being a Palace fan, ex-homestaler, oh, Brolin's hey. Hoover. Hold on, yes. And, um, Why are you talking in that ridiculous manner? You, you said before the show we were talking posh tonight, so... Hey, hey it's, the, it's the way you tell them. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, do, you want to, do you want to explain that joke for any slow listeners? Um, pull out, starboard home. Good Good work. Um, okay, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so good, good day at my uh, brother's wedding Friday. Yeah, Berlin's Hoover used to be on Homestale uh, Online until his uh, now wife said there's too much of that going on. Um, and um, their kind of first dance was glad all over. With lots of people jumping up and down. Oh, that's really sweet. That was good, yes. Hmm. All right, uh, excellent stuff. Um, okay, look, before we move on, I just want to uh, give a, a warning out to, to those of you listening. And it's not, a, it's not a scary warning. But what's been happening recently is we've been, uh, for some reason, the show has been cutting itself off about five minutes early. Um, I thought I'd solve the problem uh, working with the producer on Friday, but I can tell from the software now that I have not solved the problem. I know we might have to sit here in actual silence for the last five minutes of the show or something <laughs> like that. I haven't really worked out what we're going to do, but I will try. I promise I will try my very best not to cut off the last five minutes. Not that we generally say anything other than thank you and goodbye in those five minutes, but I don't quite know what's happening. But um, but there we are. It's probably something to do with my ancient computer. So uh, these things happen. Okay, let's let's get moving on things before uh, before we waste any more time. Um, I want to talk first of all. We've we've made a uh, actually, let's do, let's do the signings. We've made a couple of, I say, a couple of signings. We've made one signing of, of a lad called uh, Bayon Fennick. Um, just want to talk a little bit about him. Now, we don't want to go too much detail because Bayon's agreed to join us for a quick chat uh, for next week, which will be brilliant. Um, so, I just want to talk a little bit about what he's done. Now, Ben, I don't know, you're, you're probably a bit more clued up on what he's been up to than myself. Mm. Uh, do you want to yeah, obviously. He's quite prominent on Twitter. He's been tweeting quite a bit over the last week and seems to be really enjoying his time at Palace already. You know, he's, he's praised the fans quite a bit on there. And, and he seems a really good player, to be honest. I mean, we've seen the stats, 18 goals in 11 games for Lewis. Um, you know, obviously it's a, it's a lower level and he's yet to be proven at, at any kind of professional level. But I think he's a, he's a very good signing and someone that we could use quite well over the next couple of years. So, yeah, yeah I mean... I saw a video of, of Gary Isett talking about the signing um, mm. on Palace Player, and um, I, I think, well, there's a couple of things in there, really. They sort of talked about the fact that he had a bit of attention elsewhere, um, and I think he trained, he, Gary sort of indicated that he'd trained a cup for a couple of sessions with the, with the, the club, and straight away Lenny Lawrence was on to him, get him, get him playing in a game. Um, and in that game, according to Twitter, he, well, according to his own Twitter, he managed to score like a thirty-year-old, thirty-year-old, thirty-yard. <laughs> he scored a thirty-year-old goal. Yeah, scored a third. No, something else, isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry, everyone. Uh, no, he scored a thirty-yard uh, first-time volley into the top corner, kind of thing, like an absolute wonder goal, which has obviously, <laughs> obviously pushed us to give him a contract. But I mean, even though those those eighteen and eleven, I think, were for Lewis Youth. I think he made his first team debut for the, the, the you know the full team. Uh, some point in October, and he, yeah, obviously eighteen years old, I think. So, well, I mean, it's the right sort of signing for us, I think. 
looking at looking at these sort of untapped talent in the non-league really. And um, I certainly remember reading that uh, Bayern had trials at I think Newcastle and maybe one other. But yeah, um, I think I think he probably had offers elsewhere. But someone posted on the Homesdale that the location was his sort of key factor really. So that's where we're perhaps a little bit lucky to get him. Um, I've been told that from the chat room where there's ten people. Uh, that's www.holradio.net forward slash chat. Again, I don't know if I need the www there. I don't think people use it anymore. Showing my age. Serial uh, says he scored a 30-year-old last week. Well done, mate. <laughs> There's lots of uh, sausage-based puns going on in the chat. I'm sorry you've started something, Chris. I started something. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. That Thanks, woman man. started oh. something. Yeah, yeah. That's Helen, by the way. She's on my away minibus. Thanks, Thanks Helen, if you're listening for that. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway okay uh, let's talk about the the other one again i'm going to go to you ben on this one because i think you might mm-hmm. have done some search that's juan or joan or joan was it was actually spelled joan 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 roman um now i'm going to say what i know about the situation which was what was released when we heard about it and that was that he was training with palace um from man city not really with a view to uh, alone this season or anything but with a view to him taking a look at us and us taking a look at him for next season. Uh, you know, there's no ruling it out that he might join this season. But um, Ben, what sort of a player is he? A good one, apparently. I've I've been looking on a few Man City forums this week, and uh, obviously he said himself on Twitter that he's in talks with us. So we know that there's something definitely going on there. It's not just you know rumours in in the Daily Mirror or whatever. But yeah, there's a post I've seen on on the Blue Moon website, the Man City forum, that says. Juan Roman is pure class and he's progressed well since coming to England. If he adapts to the physicality and pace of the Premier League, he'll be a 15 million player within two years of his first team debut. I don't know whether that's you know a massive over-exaggeration of the situation or whether that is, is something that is feasible. But, I mean, he's, he was talked about last summer as being a direct replacement for Patrick Vieira in, in the Man United side and apparently Barcelona wanted him as well. So. <laughs> oh, really? So what did I just say? You yeah. said Man United. But... Oh, sorry, Man City. Uh, yeah, they, apparently... they went to changeable. <laughs> apparently Barcelona wanted him as well so yeah possibly a, a massive signing yeah I mean certainly if you're thinking well, it's, it's great to planning ahead in many ways mm. potentially you know a season long loan again I think someone said he was out of contract at the end of the season I, I'm you know I think it's probably beyond the realms of um, of reality that we might actually sign him full time if he's if he's that good but um, I mean who knows but certainly I think I think the comment was we're looking at a loan next season um, I wouldn't really want another team's youngsters blocking the way for our for our t- for our um, players, but exactly. I, I guess what we're talking about here is someone who would play in a position that we're not quite filling from there. So you've got to assume he's not not a straight line. I wouldn't want him blocking Johnny Williams, for example. Yeah. I don't think he's been good enough either. You know, because Johnny <laughs> Williams is the greatest player ever. Um, <laughs> Nick, you got yeah. any sort of feelings on this? I've got an issue with loans. Unless we can sign him at the end of them, I think that. The league's filling up with two loan players. Bring back the reserve league. Let let players, let teams develop their own players and stick with their players without sending them all over the country. Because the lower leagues are just becoming repositories for the Premier League's younger players, who they're going to get more of because of the PPPPPPP, and um, we're just a training ground for them, and it's wrong. But yeah, I've heard it. So we'll have him. Yeah, yeah, it's around about three, isn't it? Don't like it, but sort of like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's yeah. That, that's the sort of the transfer stuff we wanted to talk about, really. Can I, um, can I on the, you may. I know it's not in the show document, but I'm, you know, I'm like that. Um, Chris Martin, please, can we sign him? Please. 
please, can we have a whip round and sign him? Um, mm, well, we're going to talk about the Easter-Martin partnership during the Peterborough game. Um, um, yeah, I've got some opinions on that uh, after yesterday, but I don't know. I, again, I think he's one of those where it's easy to think that he's being ineffective, and I'll and I, be honest, I thought that for most of the people. But he's he's a he's very much like a link player when you don't really notice him in some of the moves that we do. But um, but I mean of late he's been fantastic. I thought I honestly thought he didn't have the best of games against Peter, and I was surprised to see Easter go off and and Martin remain on the pitch. But once that that happened, sort of Dougie showed that he knows a lot more than I do, and I think Martin and and uh, Murray actually in, interacted pretty well. But we'll, we'll come to that. But yeah, I mean I certainly think. I don't know what Norwich want for him, um, but all I say is he's a much better player than I'd envisaged. Um, I'd seen him a couple of times for them. Didn't really stand. Lewis, Lewisham thinks we should be playing Darren Ambrose in Chris Martin's position. Mm, it's been said a few times, isn't it? We, I think it's probably one of those uh, things we talk about near enough every week. Um, I, I've always felt the evidence isn't really there for playing Ambrose centrally. And I know a lot of people will immediately, you know, tell me I'm, I'm talking absolute rubbish there, but I, I've always felt that he, he's not played centrally. Even when he scored those 20 goals, it was, it was playing predominantly out on the left and drifting in. And I think to me, that's, that is his role. But I mean, I don't know what to say about Darren. He, he's been, he sort of looked like he was back to his best. And then he's been the last few games, he's been a little bit missing again, but in, when you say missing, he's still popping up with fantastic free kicks, corners, and and some hitting in, the post. Yeah, hitting the post, some great little interplay. So he's still he's still contributing. I think it's just it's one of those. He's never going to be that player. He's never going to be the player who is who's doing the sort of the things we remember Darren Ambrose doing. He's not going to be doing them throughout the whole ninety minutes. You know, you, he's there to do his best and to take the opportunities when they come along. So I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I worry about him defensively, and I've noticed. You know, markedly. Oh, I saw him make a tackle yesterday. I saw him do a tackle. <laughs> yeah, he's pushing me then. I did, yeah, yeah. That's not right. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, no, he does make a, does make the occasional challenge. I actually, I just think the opposition target him. I just think they, they see what side he's on and they immediately double up on that side and, and you know, half-decent winger, if you actually get the winger on him rather than the fullback, a half-decent winger would just breeze past him, you know, with the best one in the world. It's not that he's not trying, it's just, it's not not a strong side of his game. But, I mean, yeah, we can, we can so, talk. Cool. Yeah, Dweeva said that Williams is going to play in that Martin role anyway, once he's mm. back. Obviously, we're not going to introduce him too quickly. Um, somebody said we should, you know, shouldn't rely too much on Williams this season anyway, just sort of starting as a sub but yeah I, I kind of can see the point that Williams was the Martin run and the Martin yeah. is there to cover for Williams while he's injured yeah absolutely but I think I expect to sort of see see Williams back maybe on the bench something around the whole game maybe um, but again we've, we've uh, talked about did you say whole as in Hull or Hull Hull H-double-L that would be very reference there for all your are there, any, are there any? Any? I don't know. All right. Okay. Um, yes. So yeah, we'll we'll leave that that bit behind. I think it's a never-ending discussion. I mean, certainly the over-reliance on Williams thing we've talked about before, and Darren Ambrose playing centrally or out wide or playing at all we've talked about before. So it's, I think that's one of those things that will there'll always be 
you know, when you do one thing, if you pick Ambrose, the argument will always be we shouldn't have done. If you don't pick him, the argument will always be we should have done. It's just just one of them. It's sort of like sort of judgment by hindsight in many ways. If he has a good game, it's a good good call. You know. Anyway, um, we're gonna get to go to an email from uh, Ian who posts as Lions five fifty on the Homesdale. He sent us during the week, but just before we do, I wanted to have a quick chat away from Palace. Um, very very quick because I don't like to dwell on it too much, and we will relate it back to, to Palace as a whole. But obviously, the big news in football world today, big news, uh, was the sacking of Andre Villas Boas. Um, obviously, results at Chelsea have been hilarious for some time. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's one thing. Um, but what what has sort of come to light out of this? Because um, they relate it back to the Carlo Ancelotti sacking as well. Um, you think about the sort of money it's taken to sack these people and all that sort of business. Was that it's about player power and that you at, at that club, if you upset the wrong players, the senior players, you know. And Lampard spoke out after the the game, I think, or after the previous the three 0 win in the previous game, about not his relationship with with him not being the best and all that sort of stuff. And it's kind of, you know, it, it kind of brings back this whole argument over player power. And there's a bit of that in when we're talking about transfer negotiations and contract negotiations and, and players not, you know, if they want to leave, they'll leave kind of thing and the contract's meaningless. So there's a bit of... And it kind of brings that back. I mean, guys, how, how would you feel at a Palace if, if the senior players effectively got a manager sacked? And I mean, obviously, don't think too much about it happening with the current setup, if you like. I don't really see it. But, but you know, going back a while, maybe, if you, if you think if the senior players sort of banded together, is it definitely going to be a negative thing to shift a manager, uh, Nick? Do we have any senior players? They're all quite young, aren't they? <laughs> Point, yeah. I mean, when, when you talk about Chelsea, you've got players who've been there for absolutely um, years and years and years. We, we you know, Brown's our longest serving player, and was it eight years just done? Um, so we've we've never really had that longevity of, of service players. So it's it's something that I couldn't imagine happening at Palace. Mm. Um, it, it seems to happen at the bigger bigger clubs, I think. Yeah, and that's a fair point. Um, well, okay. I mean, Ben, if you could kind of, uh, well, what, what what do you think? Really, is is there any? Yeah. Have you ever seen any evidence of player power at Palace as well? Is the other thing I would say. No, I don't. I don't think it's something I can ever see happening with with Palace. You know, especially with Dougie Freeman being you know such a club legend. But it's more likely to happen with the the Premier League players that are on what hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a week, like at Chelsea. But I don't think with a team like Palace, it's you know we're tightening it, tightening it squad. Nobody's on mega mega bucks and they're not too big for their boots blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's anything that, that we need to be worried about necessarily especially with the, the current managerial situation mm. so I've just noticed the name of the person who just sent us an email very good um, <laughs> I won't read it out no um, I, I think it's a, it's a good point you make Ben but, but I don't know I wonder about Burley um, I, I don't necessarily not maybe not player power but certainly backroom staff maybe or, or I don't know I don't really know when we spoke to Steve Rivery indicated there'd been anything other than a discussion between the owners I mean I, I'd like I, well, I assume that they would you know that they know that you'd think that they'd take advice they're the sort of guys that strike me as people who would take advice from within the club that's all the only reason I sort of mentioned it I just kind of thought maybe, maybe there was a case for, for when George Burley was here but then you'd think about 
the results and the defence and the way we were playing under Burley and the, and the you know and that three 0 hammering at Millwall, you think it wouldn't really come to that as well. So, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting point of discussion. Yeah, we we've probably done as much as I wanted to do on it though. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Obviously, any uh, comments on that from from you, you you guys listening? We can quite happily come back to it. So let us know. Um, okay, I'm going to read out Ian's email and then we'll get on with the review of the Peterborough game. Um, even though. They were already three minutes beyond when I wanted to start that. We're doing well, lads. Um, anyway, Ian said, uh, now that we're realistically safe in the division, do you think it would be the ideal time for Dougie to use the rest of the season as a testing ground for new formations? As well as resting players who played a lot of games, such as McCarthy and Parr, and uh, bloody new players such as Apaya and Kyle De Silva and Ryan Innes at centre-back. Um, well, uh, that's a straightforward question. Uh, ben, what's your thoughts? Uh, not yet for me, I don't think. Maybe give it another another month or so because at the moment you know realistically some people are still wanting us to to push higher up the league and and get nearer the playoffs I don't think it's something that we're necessarily aiming for and I don't think it's something that we necessarily should be aiming for but at the moment it's too early to to be blooding in those young players when we are you know possibly still going for for a late playoff push Do you agree with that Nick? Uh, Yeah I totally agree with that I agree with Ben uh, Dougie in his post-match press conference yesterday was, was saying pretty much the same thing you know, he, he likes the idea that, that people people are actually thinking about that. He's thought about that. Um, he doesn't think the time's right. Um, but on the talk of the playoffs, it's interesting. You know the little news links on the uh, homepage of the Homestyle? Yeah. Um, you get the little headlines. And, and last week it was uh, Dougie, no chance of playoffs. And this week, Dougie, we may make playoffs <laughs> next week. If we lose, we won't make playoffs. And that. <laughs> yeah. Very contraire. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've long since learned not to really uh, take too much into account with anything that Dougie says in the press because um, <laughs> I just think he, he, I don't know what it is, he much, seems to actually enjoy directly contradicting everything. Um, I quite like it in, in a lot of ways because, you know, if he says he's not interested in a player, you, you know, we'll end up signing him a week later on. And if he says, um, you know, we're not aiming, we're not thinking too much about the the playoffs. You know, we'll go on a massive run and, and get there. So I'd, it's a it's a strange situation. Every time I uh, let's say every time I read something, he's he said I'm not quite sure whether that's the truth of it or not. But he's um well he's really really proven himself at the moment. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that. I think he will know absolutely when it's the right time. And I think we all want to see it. We all want to see. You know, a, a few systems once once we're safe. And I think we're safe now. But once once we know what's going to happen next season, but we'll be a championship side 100%. We're not going to go up or down, and we're not going to have too much of an effect on the on the situation in the league around us. And Obviously, you don't want to disrespect other teams by playing weaker sides and all that sort of stuff. Having said that, when we have played weaker teams, we've, come, done a good, they've given a good count of ourselves this season, so I don't know if we actually have a weaker team. But, yeah, aside from that, I think it would be nice. I certainly want to see a pyre before the end of the season. Nice to see him on the bench uh, yesterday. Yeah, but but probably I think if we'd actually converted those early chances in the second half and gone two or three up like we should have done, we might well have seen the lad. But as it as it happened, we we got the one nil and we didn't. So um, and certainly I'd like to see a bit more Carl De Silva. It's great that he's training regularly with the first team, and when he did play, he, he looked a decent player. But he's he's obviously a bit lightweight at the moment and doesn't quite have that kind of natural strength that, that Johnny Williams has, even though he's a similar size. So, interesting times, and, and certainly when, when Ian talks about looking at different formations, I think I think that's what a lot of people want to um, 
sort of really want, want to address because effectively when we're getting left with one up front and you see an isolated striker immediately people want to want to talk about how we're getting support there really um uh ben's just put something there do you want to read that out ben yeah we've got a comment from lee ward on twitter he says if we're if we're to make the playoffs next seven games are massive for us i believe we can make them if we're ready is another question yeah, I think I think he's absolutely right. Um, and I don't well, I don't even think it's actually a question whether we're ready. I don't think we are in any way. And I think Dougie said as much. But but with the talent we've got, we've we've got a chance. And, and certainly one of those we'll talk about a bit later on in, in Wilf Zaha of how quickly he's coming on uh, in terms of ability now. Mm. Uh, having having a player like like that at this level, um, it's just a massive massive plus. It really really is. So. When, yeah, we're absolutely not ready, and and if we, and if we were to go up somehow uh, with a with a great run, I think the the chances are we would um we would certainly be well. I don't know. I th- I wouldn't say we'd be embarrassed because I've thought that about teams before. When when Blackpool went up, I thought they'd go down with with a point, and they very nearly stayed up. So I'd like to think we would be more like a Blackpool than anyone else, but. Realistically, I think we'd probably just lose games by the odd goal and, and end up dropping back again. Can't really throw insane amounts of money about, but but it would be a welcome boost. But uh, yeah, let's not let's not dwell too much on that. I don't think. Um, but certainly, I think the, the general consensus in reply to Ian is is that it would be nice to start now, but but perhaps maybe leave it a little while until everything's settled and yeah yeah and, and we're we're feeling a bit more comfortable about life. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know about Innes at centre back. I don't. I don't know if he's there in the packing order. Certainly, start the season when we spoke to him, uh, we, we were probably a bit more hopeful than he was. But um, but he's a very confident and, and he's extremely, you know, good at that level. But he's a young lad, and we've brought in the likes of Chambers from Dulwich. Um, we've got Quade Taylor as well, who are all probably you know a year or or two older than, than Ryan. So. Whether or not they're ahead of him in the pecking order, and there's still Alex Winter to think about as well. He can play centre back, uh, midfield. Well, I think he's been playing right back the last couple of games at youth level. That's an interesting one there. I was expecting him to have featured a lot more. Uh, I think that injury. Shame we um we can't have another Carling Cup. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. That's best, best time to introduce these players. Well, it's, it was a shame. It's a shame that those the youngsters that did play against Derby and the fringe players against Derby actually. You know they performed well enough to to get a replay or or maybe even have won that game. It's a shame we lost that. Um, you know some very positive stuff there. So that that would have been useful as well to take to have that cup in, in a similar fashion to the league cup. But yeah, that's you know what I'd like to know. If, sorry, I'd like to know what um, our listeners out there think. Do you think you could give the contact details out again? Yeah, it has been, been a while, and I only prompted me earlier in the message in the in the chat message thing there. But I just didn't want to do it. Maybe I'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're in? Right. in the chat room. <laughs> Are you? Okay, good stuff. Well, if you do want to get hold of us and talk on any of these issues, you can contact us. Uh, contact us. Mm, I've had too much red wine. On Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Include at whole radio with your message. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. You can go to the chat room, which is approaching its record attendance. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, Nick's in there to help you along as well. <clears throat> you can call us it's 0208 123 1646 calls charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle and you can email us as many are currently doing it's radio at homesdale.net I should really transfer some of those to the document uh, and we'll address as many of those as we can a bit later on <clears throat> um, James, put his, 
details of his blog onto the um, Facebook page as well, if anybody's interested. Oh, so well done. Thank you very much. Uh, ben, you've got another tweet there we're going to go to. Yeah, we've got a tweet in from Ms. Battle Hack, and he says he's enjoying listening to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, it says, question for the panel, do any of our loan signings deserve to be signed permanently? Question, I think. Uh, well, obviously, Nick has, has talked very much about Chris Martin, and I would uh, I would agree on that. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. I quite like the look of McShane, but I think it's all about the contract, really. Uh, the fact that he can play at centre back and right back has been it's been a huge positive, and I think that's exactly the sort of thing we, we're looking for. And I liked Ramage for a similar reasons. I don't think. Him or uh, McShane or Ramage are the the best players in the world, but I think in terms of attitude uh, and endeavour, that they they actually add quite a lot to the squad as a whole, and they're, and they're versatile people. So, I mean, that's really my sort of main thought on it at the moment. Um, ben, yeah, and I mean, I completely agree with that at the moment. I think Chris Martin's the only one that's that's properly standing out in my mind as someone that we might look to to sign. I don't think he was fantastic yesterday, but but he still does bring a lot to the team. Mm. I think and. Yeah, he's he's a he's a promise. You know, he's he's played Premiership, or well, yeah. maybe not played Premiership football, but he's played for Norwich at, yeah. at a high level. And yeah, I think he's got a lot to offer. Yeah, um, Nick, you obviously talked about Chris Martin, but what do you think of maybe some of the lads from earlier in the season? Like, I'd, buy, um, um, I'd quite like um, Tungship back. Yeah, he was class. Yeah. Settled him well. I don't know if he's getting many games at Leicester. And Dubai, I only saw him once. I mean, I know you can't you can't base. Um, your opinion of a player on one game, but mm. for the one game I saw him, he was he was absolutely um, mint, and he got good round of applause. Um, and I know he was very happy at Palace being down here. Mm. So if he, if we could maybe get him, that might be yeah. quite good. Absolutely. Okay. Well, look, we've got uh, we've still technically got to talk about the family day, but we'll do that in the middle of the Peterborough review. So we have a quick. Please move on to, the, to review that game. Obviously, it was Peterborough 1. Uh, sorry, no. I've got that wrong immediately. It was Palace 1. You remember them. Palace, they scored 1, and Peterborough scored none. Uh, the lineup um, was pretty much bang on what we played against West Ham, other than KG dropping out uh, after, I think, he came back with a slight injury from international duty, and Owen Garvin played in his place. A uh, quick sort of summary of the game, really, um, and obviously, guys, do correct me if you disagree with any of this. I've got anything to add, as I summarise. But... Um, I felt that the the first half was a scrappy start, and we, we started perhaps a little bit slower than Peterborough. Uh, they had a couple of early chances, and, and Sproni saved well from Barnet quite early on. Uh, and then a little bit sort of midway through the first half, Barnet again sort of tricked his way through the defence, and it was a very good save from Sproni. But then I think we got more of a grip at the, towards the end of the first half. Ambrose then uh, hit the post following a little deflection of Zakuani, I believe. And then uh, yeah, we move we move further on from there, and sort of got sort of by the end of the first half, I felt we were shading it. Um, second half, completely different story. Just looked a much much stronger team. Uh, whatever the halftime team talk was, it worked. I think one of the key moments was Wilf getting angry. Um, I think <laughs> his ability <laughs> is frightening at times, and I think he very much uh focused his mind when he got a couple of rough challenges and there was a little bit of a shoving match going on as well. I think that was a key moment for me and off and the and the introduction of Glenn Murray as well was um was also okay. I thought Glenn was excellent. Uh we got the goal from um from an unlikely source in Mile Jedanak, uh who challenged the keeper and you're always worried about those being given as a foul. But obviously seeing it back and I think the key thing there was there was a defender in between the keeper and Jed Jedanak. 
So really, the infringement was by his own player, and I think that's why the ref hasn't gone down the easy route of giving the foul there. Uh, credit to him on that. That's probably the only credit I'm going to give him today. Um, and yeah, hooked in by Jedinak, and it was um, yeah, really richly deserved for for what has been who has been a great player. Nick, you wanted to chip in there. Yeah, just a, just a couple of messages. We've got Ross Phillips, Palace Guard, is it? Um, it is, yep. He's, uh, he's wondering how many Palace fans are now doing backflips on the opinion on the one and only Jedi Master. <laughs> Some strange being called Albert Tardis Curly um, <laughs> said it's great to see the Jedi Knack hit a goal yesterday, but mm. didn't really see him as a contender or a player of the year, as the board suggests. Mm. Actually, I want to address both those points. They're very good, actually. Um, Ross is spot on, but a lot of well, even even myself to a point. Um, I think I was usually usually quite reasonable about these things, but I gave Jednak a bit of stick on on the show. I think I think it was the Leicester game again. Um, but uh, that was the Leicester away game. But but he is. I think he's won pretty much everyone over. Um, I think he's just. I think now he's adjusted to the pace. I think that's the key thing. Before, I think a lot of his pass. I keep saying I think a lot of his passes were going astray, and everyone was looking at it thinking, you know, the guy can't really pass. But what it was just—it's just mentally he hadn't quite adjusted to the exact pace. And when you've been playing, I think it was a couple of years in in uh, Turkey, when you've been playing a, a different in a different country, a different culture, it's it's sometimes hard to adjust. And now he has adjusted. He's been. Um, He's been excellent, I think. Uh, what else was... What was the second point? Albert, that was it. Albert sent me yeah. a message on Twitter during the game after the first half saying, do you, essentially, do you still rate Jedinak? Um And then he sent me a tweet a little bit later on after a certain player scored saying, I've always rated him honest. Um, I think that's that pretty much sums up the feeling, really, with, with Jednak. Um He's... He, he certainly divided people at first, and pretty much to a man, everyone's been won over. Um, any further comment on that, lads? Mm, yeah, from me, I I wasn't his biggest fan. I don't mind admitting that when he first came, I wasn't too sure what he was all about. To be honest, didn't think he could pass a ball, and and he looked average at, at every other part of the game. But I've well and truly been proved wrong. I, th- I think he wins all but everything in the air, mm. and he's got a decent eye for a pass now that he's got used to. You know, the faster style of play in England from what he was used to in Turkey and, and Australia before that. But, you know, he plays for the Australian national side, so he can't have been that bad. And he's, he's starting to prove to us, really, what, what kind of a player he is. And, That's a fair and we, point. We got, says, sorry, we got a, uh, a comment on Twitter. I was trying to think who it's from. Might not have been from Twitter, actually. Um, <laughs> so, oh, they, no, don't worry, you've, uh, you've mentioned it, actually, about player of the year. I don't think he's, he's anywhere near player of the year, to be honest. But really? He, he is, yeah. To be, I think there's players that have, that have been above and beyond him all season. I, I think... I think for me, um, Gardner's probably standing out as well as um, Zaha. Zaha, yeah. I mean, but again, I can realistically see Wilf winning both player and young player. Must be. But um, as I think Spironi. we were talking about it, yeah, Spironi again. I think he's he doesn't really he doesn't really get the plaudits he deserves at the moment because I mean, before when he was pretty much our only standout player, it was it was easy. But now there's other people as a you know contending. It's Perhaps the people he gets judged a little bit harshly, but he's been superb yet again this season. Um, you know, not not any less than we expect, but it's just yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are talking about Jednak as Player of the Year purely because of the the scale of the improvement. Um, I think as you if you look over the course of the season, it's it's not really there to argue. Um, but we've got thirteen games left or something. I think mm. I think if he's as good as he has been for those 13 games, then he's a real contender for me. Yeah, true. And one, <coughs> one other thing, before, you know, in, 
a couple of months ago we were all saying who who should play in centre midfield, and now it's more of a case of who should partner Jednak in the in the centre midfield. And I think that's that's definitely you know a, a way of showing how mm. how well he's done over the last few weeks. Um, to pick up on a couple of things uh, in the chat room, you said Nick that it's sort of fifty fifty on whether we should keep Martin. Any specifics you want to mention before we move on? Um, I actually scrolled down a bit. They're talking about who was who's the best ginger person ever, and winning. <laughs> Um, people would rather have McShane than Tunchev, um, but someone Tunchev back. Mm. Um, not talk about Garvin. Again, that's 50-50. Some people thought he was poor. Some people thought of, um, that he, he played well, but not until Moxie came on. Um, someone to Garvin to start. Kevin CPFC says to even he should start. Mm. Palestinian rates done by her. Um, Garvin's too lightweight, He's a new one in the show. No, no, actually, well, um, poor physical side to his game. If he was to be played, I think it must be Jedi and KG and Garvin oh. playing. Well, I'll tell you what. That's that's leads us exactly onto the first sort of discussion point that I wanted from the Peterborough game, and it was the performance on his return of Owen Garvin. Uh, I actually, I really do like Garvin as a player, and I think for me this season. He started very. He started as probably the best of our central midfielders, uh, and again, we know we know where he's weaknesses are but I thought he'd improved on those for before his injury so I was quite disappointed to, to see him get injured and for him to be out of the team as long as he has been uh, when he came back in and played in that advanced role ahead of uh, the central midfield basically what you were just talking about there the suggestion that you play ahead of KG and Jedinak uh, he played that role against Derby and was excellent was absolutely excellent yeah. but, uh, but again this we played the same uh, up until the West Ham game. We played the same starting lineup, hadn't we, for about four games. Yep. Kind of settled into that. KG was out because he was um, jet lagged from playing for South Africa. And um, it, it seems to unsettle him a bit. And Garvin's good if he gets a run. He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't played yet. And it's like um, the whole Jedinak thing. They need, they need time to adjust and, and get That's it. And, uh, and a run of games. So, uh, yeah. Loads of players have talked about it before, about how hard it is to be out of the team and then to, to have to perform at your peak to stay in it. It's, it is a difficult thing. and I think we've had a degree of squad, squad rotation, uh, which has probably helped us have a bit of strength in depth, I think. And I think that's one of the things that Dougie's done well. But like you're saying, last few weeks, it's been a very consistent team. So it's going to be harder and harder as the season draws to a close to actually to get to get in there unless we start experimenting a little bit. Um, I, I want to move on a little bit there. I, I'll sort of finish really by saying that Garvin, I felt like like a few players really, wasn't overly impressive in that first half really. Um, but I think he grew, he grew into that game in the second half and there was a few key passes in there. And he's not quite as uh, as bad as, as people occasionally make out in the in terms of, of, of his sort of defensive work but he's just just not a quick player and sometimes that costs you in the middle <clears throat> excuse me if we can sort of move on and talk really about uh, that the Easter Martin partnership now that's been firing on all cylinders in the last couple of games uh, the Watford game and then it was X they were both very strong against West Ham we were unlucky not to get some goals there but I felt I felt it didn't quite work against Peterborough I thought that uh, Easter was quieter Although, in typical style, as soon as I mentioned as much in my updates on Twitter on Holmesdale, he uh, he started to play extremely well and actually sort of get get hold of the ball and put in some decent crosses and things like that. But to me, he's, I think a few people said it at the time, he's starting to be that striker that doesn't score goals. Now, while he's doing everything else well, 
and, and other people are, are scoring, it's not really a problem. But whilst you're, well, when, when the team, you know, struggles for a goal like they did in, in many ways against West Ham and only scraped the one against Peterborough despite playing extremely well, he's the one who's going to bear the brunt of the criticism, I think. And it doesn't really help his case when Murray comes on and plays as he does. But both that's the nature of the squad game. You, you want that. If someone's performance level dips, then someone's there waiting to come in and, and to perform well. Uh, ben, how did, how did you see the performance of Easter, first of all? Um, well, I don't think either of, the, either of the two strikers were particularly brilliant yesterday. I mean, especially Martin. But Easter, he's a very strong player and he, he's been very good over the last few weeks and I think has deserved his starting place over Murray, to be honest. But... You know, when, when Murray came on and he, I think he looked threatening, it, you kind of think, why is Easter starting when, when we've got a player like that on the bench? And yeah. it's a difficult one for Freeman, I think. But, you know, Easter did deserve his place, but I think now maybe it's the time to, to give Murray a chance. And we've, we've got a tweet in as well that, that kind of reinforces this from Sam Ward on Twitter. And he says, Easter instead of Murray always has baffled me. All Easter was good at on Saturday was holding up the ball, and Murray looked dangerous when he came on. So. Yeah, I don't know where you stand on that, Chris. Yeah, well, I, I think that that very much is Easter's role in the team at the moment. Um, although Friedman has talked about how, how, how he's a good finisher, and I, I just hasn't really had the chance to show that. So whether you argue that he's not being put in in the right positions or he's not getting in the right positions is a different thing. I thought there were a couple of occasions he could have been played in um, on Saturday and wasn't. So, but I, I think I think probably Sam's right, and, and I think you're probably right as well when you say that. He did deserve his place in the tide, but now is the time to change it. And I felt that Murray is the better player, if I, in, in my opinion, and that's no disrespect to Jermaine Easter, who I've got a lot of admiration for for the way he's played. But I, I do feel Murray is the better player, but he, he, wasn't, he wasn't performing to the level we know he can. And I think, again, Dougie indicated as much that he has had an injury of some sort. Uh, hasn't been able to take a, a full part, rather than has been necessarily dropped for poor form. It at least explains the poor form. And he was very much back to the the player we were talking about earlier in the season when he came off the bench. Um, and the key thing is, it's the holding up of the ball. Easter was doing that fantastically. When Murray was, was in the side uh, before he got uh, got taken out of it, it was, the ball was starting to bounce off his feet a little. He looked a little bit out of touch. Uh, and it, it's the key role in the team, really, that, that sort of figurehead at the, at the top. Um, Nick? Um, my enduring memory of Easter yesterday was actually chesting the ball down about nine times and holding the ball up. Um, I think he does. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's, it's, he has his moments. We look more like scoring with him on. 
although we, we don't think he will score, and somebody else has kind of echoed those opinions in the chat. It scrolled too quickly for me to see who it was. <laughs> uh, what I will say is that, oh, yeah, Duck Man Duck, he still does a lot of things well, holding the ball up, linking with Martin, but doesn't look like scoring. Um, and, um, oh, no, that's um, lightning quick. <laughs> I forgot. Sorry, that's uh, Lewis Regal talking about Calvin, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what got me, as soon as Murray came on, um, he looked so much better um, than he has done in recent weeks because we nearly scored within seconds of him coming on. He got down the right and crossed the ball in and uh, we got nearly scored. One of their defenders, I think, got in. Yeah. That's a call. It was almost an immediate impact for Murray coming on. Okay. Are you oh, speaking into no, your microphone? Yes, I am. All right, okay, just wanted to check. It sounded like you weren't for a while there. Um, <laughs> okay, listen, let's, let's, we can't dwell a tremendous amount on this subject. So cert- certainly suffice to say the, the general consensus is um, that yesterday, sort of Easter, wasn't quite up to his usual standard, uh, and Murray looked, uh, looked, looked to be back to some sort of form uh, when he came on the pitch. So maybe that's going to be the change. Uh, certainly, I, th- I, f- I agree with the, with the guys. I don't think Chris Martin was particularly brilliant yesterday. Um, the reasons for that could, could be anything, really. Um, I think his his role is kind of key in that if we're under pressure, he's forced to drop back, and, and that negates a lot of his ability. And maybe first half, we're under a bit too much pressure for him to be really pushing up and supporting Easter as much as he should be. So perhaps an argument there, but I certainly thought he wasn't wasn't great. But, um, uh, it's just things that it's like that, isn't it, Form? Uh, Nick, Form? Yeah, it's, it's the difference between a championship team and a premiership team, though, the consistency. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're always going to have players that are good one week and not so good the next week. If they were good every week, they'd be playing for a bigger team. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, Nick. Very well made. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Wilf Zaha. I always like doing this. Um, he has... I really wanted to talk about... We talk about him every week, so it's not too too much new to say, but what I wanted to sort of address was he he's made his debut for the England under-21s and he received you know, some significant plaudits for that. We also then read that, that Stuart Pearce had been down and visited him and a few other lads as well um, to talk to them about their... Well, certainly talk to Wilf about his future as an as an England senior player. So that's a huge boost for him. And thought he thought he was one of the few to shine first half. Um, although he got some very rough treatment and wasn't particularly well protected by the referee, which we'll go into in a bit. But um, but second half, I thought absolutely sensational. I think people are starting to notice that he's playing with his head up now, and he's he's spotting a pass more often than not. Um, there's still times where he runs himself into a little colder sack and takes that extra step over and that extra touch and I think I said it on, on Twitter that sometimes he overplays and, but that's what we love about him that's that's why he's the player he is because um, some, sometimes taking that extra touch you don't think he needs to take turns a half decent opportunity into a golden opportunity and there were times where he skipped past an insane number of players yesterday um, I mean what are you and it was 34, actually, Ben. <laughs> but no, he, um, go on, go on. he didn't have support a lot of the time, though, so he's almost forced into doing that. That's it, yeah. You're, you're, you're bang on there. Sometimes people see see that he's the one who's given the ball away and they don't look at what the the options were for him. I think, yeah, obviously, every now and then, there's there's an argument to say a, a quick ball you know, to, left, to the left or right rather than getting the head down and running is, is the way forward, but... 
I say it depends who, you, who you're looking at and whether they want the ball and, and whether they're calling for it and all that sort of stuff. He knows his role in the team. He's, he's to get the ball at his feet and to, to make people look stupid and to give, get us some chances, either for himself or for other people. So, And he's, he's just doing, wanna, doing that. Go on. Yeah, I don't want to sound cliched, but watching Wilf is worth the admission prize alone. He's, he's, just, he's one of those players that we'll talk about for years and years and years, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I really mean, I'm, I'm desperate for him to hang around long enough for, for that to... For that to be the case, I don't want to be. I don't want it to be. We're talking about him. Oh, do you remember when you know he left us in that summer of 2012 and became one of the best players we've ever seen? I want him to. I want him to be around for for a bit longer and actually, I want people to think about him in the same way they think about Lombardo and they think about you know the I don't know Matt Janssen. I suppose is probably another one yeah. sensational at Palace. As Lois Shemegan has said in the chat room, sometimes Lionel Messi reminds me of Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's, I think the, the, England, the England under-21 thing showed, showed a brilliant thing for me. And you, look, you looked at that and you saw Oxlade-Chamberlain on one wing and Zaha on the other wing. He just thought, you know, this, this team I'd rather watch than the senior team. That absolutely... Yeah. I mean, that must frighten the death out of people. And it was... Well, they, they obviously won the game convincingly, and Wilf got a, a good assist. But he was playing within himself in that game. He was obviously slightly nervous and a bit, you know, a bit sort of withdrawn for him. But people were still impressed. And I, and I said on Twitter at the time, "You see him, if you see him week in, week out, you'd be twice as impressed as that. He's he's much, much better than he showed in that game. Um, even though he was excellent in that game. So I think happy days in terms of Wilf, and I think." It's great to see. It's great to see him progressing so visibly. And I'm, there's a lot of moaning that goes on at games, and he still gets that. Uh, ben, sorry, you wanted to chip in. Mm, yeah, I, I did exactly what you just said. Actually, I watched down the twenty ones, and I thought, oh, I've seen that. Why do I want to watch the senior team now? And that, yeah. I think that was was the right decision in the end. But I've written quite substantial notes on a lot of players for tonight's show, and, and Wilfred's paragraph just says he's just too good for you. End of. That's all I've written because <laughs> you know what, what else can you say about the man? He's he's fantastic. He's Growing week in, week out, and that, that story that we heard midweek about that Steve Parrish said about yeah. Stuart Pierce coming down to the training ground to you know to speak to Wilf, to Wilf and you know yeah, shows how much promise he's got, and, and I, I do think it won't be that long before we we see him in the England senior squad. I don't think he's ready at the moment, maybe a couple more years, but he'll he'll get there definitely. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, you can use those substantial notes to tell us about McShane in a minute, just to remind people of the contact details again. Uh, Twitter is twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Use at whole radio with your message. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, what else we got? Wholeradio.net forward slash chat for the uh, chat room that seems to be pretty busy. More busy than normal, eh, Nick? Uh, excellent stuff. Uh, email us. It's radio at, that was email, not yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. Email is radio at homesdale.net. Or you can give us a call on 0208 123 I'm, I'm not sure we're going to actually have time to take any calls, but if you're feeling brave, do it anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so Nick, uh, Nick, I mean Ben. It's the same, thing, same thing. Ben, your extensive notes. I wanted to talk about McShane at right back. What did you feel about that? Yeah, McShane wasn't my most extensive of notes, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, when he when he first signed, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too sure about him, but now I really like him. I think he he's never going to be first choice right back or first choice in the team. He he's there because Klein's injured at the moment and. You know that's always going to be the case because Klein is a much better player. But McShane can do a job, and he's a solid, experienced defender. He's, he's played for a lot of clubs in his time, and he's, you know, he, he knows the game inside out. He reads the game well, and and he's solid. He 
you like didn't let any match past him at all. Mm. I think yeah, good player. Okay, uh, Nick, do you, and so obviously he's replaced Klein at right back for the moment. Do you feel he offers enough going forward? Yeah, I was a bit worried when we first got him. Looking at some of the the whole um, uh, websites, was saying, "Oh, yeah, he doesn't try hard enough," and I was I was a bit concerned. But actually, very very surprised at uh, how competent he seems to be. And again, I think it's another lone player trying to impress. We seem to be getting players that look like each other at the moment. It's getting a bit confusing <laughs> with him and Moxie and um, Parr and. Oh, yeah. um, I was playing yeah, a I was playing a game position. in the playing a game in the second half of squinting my eyes and sit uh, with is it par or is it moxie it was um it's an entertaining game if you want to play that yourselves at home <clears throat> moxie mar moxie yeah no it was um yeah interesting stuff off on that note actually it's very good to see moxie back he played very very well uh, I think we got an email on that later so I'll come back to that um we've talked about Mile Yedinek so we'll move that one on but um yeah I've called him a colossus in my notes there and he absolutely is that at the moment. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to have a quick word about the penalty in the first half. Now, myself and Ben are in the same sort of location. Well, it's next to each other, effectively. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick, you're in a slightly different location. Uh, I, from my location, I thought it was a pen. Um, and I was very surprised not to see it given. Uh, ben said something about maybe he was going down. It was on his way down it. already. But, uh, Nick, how did you see it? I couldn't actually see because there were other players um, impeding my oh, view. The, so oh, the Arsenal thing. All right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. I'll, I'll ask them to move next time. Yeah, sorry, could you yeah. move? I've got to discuss this on Homestyle Radio. Very selfish of them. Um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, that was perhaps one of the, the, the sort of obvious decisions where, where I felt that the referee was, shall we say, favouring our opposition. It happens occasionally. Um, a lot of people were talking about how they, they rated him as quite a good referee. Now, I felt personally... And as I mentioned earlier, I felt his inability to protect Wilf was well. It was responsible for the for the little flashpoint in the second half, really. And I, and I felt that he he was getting caught late a lot. And I don't know whether he was playing advantage and or just not really acknowledging it. But it just ow, sorry, got very not a sharp pain in my stomach there. Um, but I mean, Ben, how did you feel the ref performed? To be honest, I I thought he was all right. You know, you look at some of the referees that we've had previously in the season, and they've just been absolutely awful. We didn't make any any massive errors. He kept control of the game reasonably well, apart from the Zaha situation, I think. And and I think he made a lot of right decisions. I don't think there was too much to complain about, in my opinion. Mm, well, no, I was complaining then. Mm, okay, uh, Nick, what was your view? Um, I thought it was a very good ref. Um, the the whole incident with the with the punch up wheels. I don't know if you saw it, but Wolf started it by shoving their man first, yeah, yeah. and then he kind of he kind of ran away and uh, let everybody else get on with it. <laughs> um, I, th- I was a bit su- well, I wasn't surprised. We've we've seen Wolf have a little bit of a temper before, and I quite like that about him in in many ways. But um, I I just felt it it happened because he got he got caught very early in the first half. He got got you know caught very badly, and, and the ref just sort of shrugged and let it go and. I don't know whether he was saying that yes, there was a foul, but you've still got the ball. He, but he wasn't doing the the motion for you know play on advantage or anything like that. And then, I just felt he he assumed he decided in his mind that Wilf was someone who was going to the ground a bit too easy, um, and didn't. And I think it just played into the hands of Peterborough's tactics of, of being a bit late and a bit rough with with Wilf to try and handle his ability. Uh, but as I said, I felt that it probably worked in our in our favour in the end. And I loved it in the second half where Wilf was just showboating and just taking on. 
you know, three or four at a time and just making them look ridiculously stupid. Uh, it's just, as you said, Nick, it's worth the admission on its own. Um, it is, definitely. I mean, that, on, on that, so I suppose that just sort of shows how we can all see things very, very differently. I, I was I was disappointed with the referee. I felt he was weak. Um, but but there we are. You, you guys were happy, and, and that's as it is. Okay, let's let's move on to some emails to um, mainly relating back to the match and to finish the review off. That's uh, just coming up to nine o'clock. Mm. Um, got an email here from Jerry. It says, uh, "Hi, Chris and collaborative team." Hi, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello. Ed. There we go. Um, Wilfred was his man of the match against Posh, which I agree with. Um, it says if he can prove the way he has in recent months, he may be around long enough, being being the best forward I've ever seen in a Palace shirt. High praise indeed, but yeah, certainly capable of it. Uh, he's certainly threatening to be the most gifted player to wear a, wear a Palace shirt since he can remember. Uh, as much as we're improving and progressing as a team, we still need to upgrade the squad so we can be challenged for the Premiership next season. Otherwise, it'll prove difficult to keep the likes of Wilfred and Co. even in the short term. With Calvin on loan to the Orient, Dorman at Bristol, uh, Bristol Rovers, uh, I can see Pedroza, Cadogan and leaving too, and Stefan Everson's already gone. Feel them feel there may be a cull in midfield, with either KG or Garvin finding it even more difficult to gain regular first-team football, thus being surplus to requirements. I can envisage both these fellas leaving, whether their contracts are up for renewal or not. That wanting to sound too judgmental, I don't sense either player can improve any more than they already have. This is a bold statement, and I hope my opinion is wrong. Well, it's an interesting one. I certainly think think Garvin's going to be the one. Um, yeah, I can't see... Well, we may offer him a new deal, um, but he'll only be a squad player in my view. I think KG's kind of cemented his place. Um, now his fitness problems are edging behind... I can quickly interject there. Yeah. We've, we've got a Twitter comment that relates to that quite well from Richard Green. He said he was disappointed with Garvin yesterday and he didn't feel his distribution was any better than KG normally produces. So. That's, a, that's a fair comment. Um I don't know, like I said, I thought he grew into the game myself and, and started finding his range. And as we talked about, it's it's game time really. It's hard for him to come into a, having not played much and to actually perform. But well, there we are. I think I don't know. I think I think in what Jerry's sort of indicating, I think certainly you know KG's not going to get massively better as a player, but I, I do think he can get a lot physically fitter. I think he looked a much fitter player when we signed him on loan from Fulham, and I think he's for whatever reason he's struggled since, but. Um, but he's certainly grown back into things. Um, anyway, let's move on. He says, uh, I do hope Lee Hills has given his chance for us to prove fitness and undoubted quality with Palace via his spell with Southend United. I think Lee played 80 minutes, uh, had to come off with cramp, otherwise he would have finished, finished the game. Had a quick look on the Southend forums. Um, general consensus was what a find. You know, they they think they've done really well. Uh, they said they're a bit sad for the lad he replaced because he hadn't done anything wrong to, to warrant being dropped, but, but they were very impressed with Lee Hills and for him to be impressing people, even at League Two two level. If he's impressing people, having not played for two years, it's um, it's a real plus point. So I think it'd be great. I can sh- certainly see him getting getting an extension on his deal and uh, and being around and given given that chance that Jerry talks about. Um, finally, Jerry says, um, "Will Palace offer a contact to contract uh, for Pinny in the summer in the light of signing uh, Fennec and Pyre? Um it's a good question. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Pinny Pinny has done very well at Ebbsfleet. He's played, started a lot of games. He's come. He's, he's on the bench. I think at the weekend, came on and got another assist. I think from from what I've read, he scored a fair few goals, but he's also creating quite a lot out there. But when you're sort of in and out of the starting lineup at conference level, um, he, at twenty, I think he's potentially coming on to twenty-one now. I think that's showing that. 
It's not saying he won't get to championship level or, or maybe higher as a player. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think he'll probably get above championship level myself. Um, I do rate the lad. I think he's a proper goal scorer uh, when played in the right way. But I, I think just at that age, perhaps we're, we're looking at a situation where he's finding a level, and I think perhaps a, a spell at conference and League Two level for, for maybe a year or two, and then then we'll see how he progresses. I think, but certainly I, I can see. I think he'll. I think he'll leave at the end of the season. I don't think when we start signing people, as Jerry says, like a Pyre and Fennick, and you start thinking we've got Ibris Akaja as well, um, and, and again we've, we've Easter Murray. Martin at the moment there's all these people in front of him and at that age he needs football now there's no point him sitting around in reserves and going out on occasional loans he's just got to go out and play regular football for, for a club so that's my feelings on uh, um, Pinny anyone want to add anything before I move on mm, yeah I think if we keep him if we sign a new contract with him uh, he won't be at Palace I think we'll loan him out to, to a low league side he's not championship quality at the moment I think he does need to go to a low league ok um, move on from that Hibby Stew um, on Twitter this was from are you on Twitter are you Stu you and your technology uh, he says it's uh, fantastic to see the Mockster back in action is the push for Wembley underway a good time of the season to start a run uh, bang on there obviously yeah Moxie was, was great to see him back I know Stu being uh, Exeter based I think um, it's very much a fan of, of Moxie who made his name down there uh, but but he was sensational interacting with um with Johnny Parr in those last sort of 15 minutes or so. So it was great to see him. And that, that push for Wembley underway, who knows? It is the right time to start a run. If you look at our if you look at our running, though, it starts to get very, very tricky after a, a few games. So we'll see. We'll see. The, 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 we're capable of winning any game, I think. It's just, you know, statistics tell you you won't win every game, but the ability is there. Um, so we'll see. <coughs> Excuse me. Lee Ward, also Twitter, uh, said he thought the first 20 minutes we started slowly, uh, dominated from then on. Parr was amazing in the second half. That's a very good point, actually. Again, you can talk about every player, I suppose, but but certainly Johnny Parr was, again, pretty strong. Um, I felt that the key sort of area, really, in, in us breaking in that second half was was out on the left. And I remember talking to you about it, Ben, that no one no one was supporting Parr, but he had so much space out there. And it was we suddenly started getting support out to him. Um, and I think that, yeah, that certainly turned the game. And also gave Wilf a bit of space on the other side as well. So interesting stuff. So that was all of those, unless Ben's going to put something there. I am. Um, okay, go on. Redandbluearmy.co.uk, Terry said. Go on, Ben. Garvin is class. The only cultured midfielder we have, your listeners are nuts. <laughs> You're absolutely right, mate. We aren't. They're all nuts. Uh, yeah. I, yeah um, that's, uh, that's an interesting point, actually. I don't know, Nick, if you've got any comments on, on the fact that Garvin's our only cultured midfielder. Nick? Nick, are you there, Nick? Oh, where's Nick gone? Oh, sorry about that. You, somebody sacked. Well, it's either that or listen to me eating crisps. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go on, mate. Yeah, Garvin is class. Um, like I said earlier, I just think he needs a bit more um, match practice, which we can't actually give. Um, just to go back to the Moxie and Parr thing, I think um, they're going to be superb together now. Um, just because they can interchange positions as well, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we, we talked about at the start of the season. I think um, seen it a bit in pre-season. It, it just for whatever reason, things have conspired that that the two haven't played a lot together. But certainly now, Mock, he's let his hair grow to a similar length. It may confuse people <laughs> by appearance alone. Um, just got an email in from a certain Mikey Dot Fairly. 
Mikey.fair. Mikey something. Uh, and that is producer Mikey says, Evening, you're all back next week. All normal service shall be resumed. Maybe. Let's hope so. Mikey, if you are still listening, look, he says, Love you as well. And he's put a little little heart symbol. Oh, bless. Oh, you are listening. Nice. That problem that I tried to show you that it wasn't a problem is back. That's, that's all I can tell you. And, oh, that sounded bad out of context. <laughs> The problem, the problem doesn't relate to a rash or anything like that. The problem <laughs> relates to uh, the the, uh, the technical side of the show. Apologies. <clears throat> <clears throat> Moving swiftly on. Um, actually, there's a comment there that says Garvin was my man of the match yesterday. Range of passing was phenomenal at times. Henry Garwood. Henry Garwood. Is that yeah, I think that's a real name. I've, I haven't got a chance to think about it. Oh, sorry, we get so many emails from people with joke names. Um, today we've had Peanuts and what else was there? Yapzai as well. Oh, yeah, that was great. Might get to those emails later on. We've got to think about the best one, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have. We have. Well, if you two have a think about that, we haven't read them all out yet. For me, if, I get, if I get my best one from Twitter, and then you get your best one from emails, and then, Nick, you get your best one from Facebook and chat. <laughs> well, and we do Suggestions for, for, together. For me, for me, Jerry's winning so winning so far, but we haven't read everything out. Um, you're the only one that's pasted on Facebook, Ben. You're not going to get the um, the t-shirt, I'm afraid. Let's let's leave the review of Peterborough there. Seven minutes past nine. Just okay. one more thing on that, Chris. Sorry, oh, um, we, I thought we played a lot better than we did against Watford, and it, it's just amazing how football is. You can play better and and win by less. Yeah, no, that's but a fair point, mate. Makes so great. Well, I don't know if you saw any of the uh, the, the Premiership matches today, but Man United were atrocious for a while and ended up winning three one against Tottenham. So, not that I'm particularly unhappy about Tottenham losing, but not greatly happy about Man United winning either. It's a bit of a weird one, that. But did yeah. I hear Tottenham singing a Palace chant today, or was I imagining it? I didn't notice it, mate. Were they were they giving it the whoa whoa woes? No, it was the other one, another whoa whoa. The 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 second whoa whoa one. Well, the wider South London, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, everyone's copying us at the moment. Uh, yeah, it was funny when Peter started singing the Wo 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 song. I was uh, wondering how everybody was going to react. Mm. Um, they just ignored them. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I didn't hear it to be honest on Holmesdale, but there we are. Um, okay, look, let's have a quick look look ahead to Coventry and Burnley. Uh, before we catch up with the rest of the communication. Uh, worryingly, the communication includes another song. I think it's to the tune of I Will Always Love You, uh, and it seems to be about... Calvin. Calvin Andrew, yeah. yeah. Um, that's another one for me to record. I actually will address that point now. We got the, we got a song sent in last week by Serial Thriller, calling himself Serial Manilow. It was a wonderful effort to the tune of Mandy by Barry Manilow, but having purchased the the uh, karaoke track for us to record it, you see, I said us there. You've all got to sing. Um, I have noticed that the lyrics don't quite fit. You haven't done enough work there, so I, I'm going to have to add a few things. And so it'll take a while, but we'll do it. I don't want to get into the habit of doing too many songs because that's five year plans thing, and they do that hilariously well. But um, yeah, we'll um, we will address that later on. I've just noticed I've got messages from other people. Oh, bloody hell. Um, I'm going to address this now. Ramsey said, hi guys, great show, lots to cover. Too right. Um, if you get a chance, could you shed any light on Anthony Gardner? Do we have him on a longer term deal? My answer to that is that I believe appearance-based is an extension there. Um, I, I don't know whether 
it's an automatic extension or whether you know he has to agree it. But I think he signed he thi- he signed he signed he uh, signed the contract with us because we gave him that option of the second year. So I think he's my in my mind he's um, he's around for another year after this year. But I guess we'll uh, we'll find that out. Fair enough. Uh, Ross has also said he heard the he heard the whoa 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 song, uh, but he thinks it was the Man United fans. Uh, um, hmm, there you go, Nick. What do you reckon? Sorry, I missed that. So oh, for that God's sake! Oh, no, I'm reading the chat room. People are uh, their connections I, cutting out. I, so I'm I think it's refresh. All right. All right. Okay. Well, we'll we'll move that on if that, that's what's happening to people. Um, forget that. Well, I don't know, Ross. It's a good good point. You're probably right, Nick's very old and stupid sometimes <laughs> yeah sorry about that yeah. <clears throat> excuse me right okay so tuesday night we go to coventry so to speak and um well i i don't see too many changes in terms of lineup lads but um i think i don't know if kg will be back but uh anything that you would want to see changed ben uh no not for me i think you know we've we've won our last couple of games why why do we need to change anything um okay Anything you want freshened up in terms of the lineup, Nick? No, I think um, maybe give, give Moxie another run out with Parr. Um, maybe it's time to give Parr a bit of a rest, actually, if, if possible. Um, I think they're there for the taking. I just hope we don't do the usual Palace stuff of, you know, they're near the bottom, we should win it, and then we'll go and lose, which you know, seems to be a bit of a Palace trait. Um, we, we've got a few games that we could win and actually do put this push on. And their top scorer has only got nine goals. Jukkiewicz, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, and he's um, joined someone else, isn't he? So. Has he? All oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah. well done. And then you've got <laughs> Sheffrey and Andy Fawn's getting bigger by the week. Is he still there or has he gone? Um, he's been hospitalised with a virus, I think. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, so it all goes serenely well for them. Yeah, yeah. I've, no, got, no. I've got a little bit of research if you, if you want to hear yeah. it. Yeah, why not, Ben? Yeah, since the start of December, they've played seven league games at home and they've won five of them. So, you know, they don't seem too bad at the Rico Arena. And of those five teams, three of them I've picked out of the Seaweed, Middlesbrough and Leeds. So, you know, not, not teams that are easy to beat either. So they're not a team that, because they're in the relegation zone, we should be expecting to, you know, batter them. They are a reasonable side. I've got some really bad news. Shall I, do you want to hear the really bad news? Yeah, go on then. I'm not happy about it at all. Uh, since we did a reinstall on this particular um, uh, this thing, uh, the, the basically there's some there's a there's a thing that's supposed to automatically start around eight o'clock that starts recording the podcast. It didn't start. Ah, okay, brilliant. Oh well, um, so it's live. This is only tonight. I think I think there's a backup, but I'll, I'll look I'll look up I'll look into it. I think I think there's a backup, but there's hope so. Otherwise, I'll. Poor old podcast listeners won't get to hear anything. Uh, Serves them bloody right. Yeah, as well. Yes, yeah, it's been all right, yeah. Go on, Nick. Going back to the uh, the song at Tottenham, apparently it's Man United singing the Pride of South London song. Yeah, <laughs> see, that, that's, that's what I said to you when you weren't bloody listening to me. So oh, right. I don't know. I don't know what to do with you, Nick. Duckman Duck said he didn't know obesity was a virus, uh, referring to uh, <laughs> Andy Ford, ter- allegedly. Ter- it's a terrible virus. We all, well, I, I certainly got it. Um, okay, well, you've, you've mentioned sort of danger, man. Um, ben, you've touched on a few bits and pieces about Coventry. So let's just go to some predictions, really. So what, what do you see, Ben? Tuna Palace. Nick? I haven't got a single prediction right all season, so I'm going to go 1-0 Coventry and hope that stays. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, um, for what it's worth, my, my sort of opinion on the, on the Coventry match is it's a dangerous one because of, of them 
having to fight. They know very much where they are. Uh, and they, they've been getting a few goals of late. I, I think they've they've sort of picked up in terms of performances, but they've not put in anything consistent together, which is why they're still down there. We should win the game. I'm expecting us to win the game, and I think I think they probably get a goal. I think it'd be two one Palace. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah. that, that's that'd be Tuesday night's game. Uh, which I'm yeah looking forward looking forward to a visit to the Rico. Should be fun. Uh, and I've got a little bit of a longer journey on the Saturday up to Burnley. Now Burnley are an interesting one because. Their form is sort of all over the place. They're very much like us in that they were viewing the, the playoffs as a, as a distinct possibility. But they've kind of dropped back, and I think we're pretty much bang on the same points right now. So, mm. um, obviously, we played them earlier in the season. I believe we won that game as one of our <laughs> one of our early home wins. I think it was our only home win for quite some time in the league. But um, yeah, I think we I think we did pretty well against them and. Rightly so, we're feeling pretty smug about having Dougie over Eddie Howe. So, you still feeling that way, Nick? Yeah, but I don't like Burnley. Eddie Eddie Howe is um, well. I would thrash them five nil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not, um, Ben? Any research done on Burnley? <clears throat> yeah, we have got a game in hand on them. Uh, obviously, are, we are same points, but it'd be nice to get a win over them and you know propel propel ourselves hopefully three points above them, depending on what they do you know, midweek. But Rodriguez has scored 20 goals this season, so he's he's a player to watch out for most definitely. But yeah, it should be a very tough game. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Well, I'm expecting I'm expecting us to win that one, but I don't think it will be easy. I think I think we're going to be looking at a game that will probably stay nil nil for for a significant period, and then one of the teams will go and nick it. I reckon, uh, and I and I fancy it to be us. I'm going to go with a one nil uh, predictions. Did you say scores? Nick went with five nil technically. So Ben, what did you say? A score? I'm going to go one all. One all. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully, well, if my predictions come true, we're going to have uh, we have three wins on the trot. So that would be good, and that will certainly nice. propel us into the, the playoff positions. Um, again, lineup wise against Burnley, I don't see the need to change much. But very much, I think we we can probably approach the Coventry game in, in a bit more of an adventurous spirit. But I think up at Burnley, it's it's going to be one of those that we keep tight. Um, I do rate them as a side. Actually, they got some got some decent players, and they haven't really performed to the level I thought they would. Keith uh, Tracy, I believe you pronounce it. Um, they so, they sort of signed him, and he was one that we were. Excuse me. We were looking at, and I just thought I was very frustrated when we didn't get him. But, but I think the previous season they were a much better team when they had Chris Eagles. He kind of, he kind of gelled everything together and made them look a very, very dangerous side. But they're one that was just for me are just dropping uh, in terms of quality. Their, their overall squad quality is reduced so much from when they from when they got that little spell in the, in the top division. It's it's. I don't know. I don't know what's happening down there. They're not not really spending huge money or anything like that. They just they just seem to be eking away in the in the quality, and uh, that's why I think they're probably there for the taking. <clears throat> right. Okay. Well, n- nothing dramatic there in terms of a preview in terms of information, but um, yeah, certainly we're 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 pretty optimistic about our uh, about our chances, really. So um, let's just go through the, some last bits of your communication before you let me get, let you go. Uh, I did notice that uh, Ross had got in touch to demand that uh, Nick is sacked. Uh, I agree with you, Ross. He's got to go. <laughs> got to go. We can't really be carrying people like that. He's become a doddery old man in the space of an hour. What was that? Hey, what? <laughs> Who said that? Oh, damn kids. All right. Um, I'm going to read the uh, email, well, the message from the mes- from the Homesdale message board from Ramsey. Uh, it said, "Love to hear your views on Moxie and Pa. I think we've done that." 
Uh, I think you combine to great effect on the left, both have growth of great engines and good delivery and comfortable on the ball. Uh, agreed. And I think, as like I say, I think we covered that. Um, quite excited about what we can achieve with a fully fit squad, with Johnny Esther coming back soon, hopefully. Still think the one area we need to beef up on is an effective, proven goal scorer. Gretfully, I don't see Murray doing the business for us. I remember Gareth Taylor back in 95, who arrived on a wave of optimism, but ultimately just didn't score goals, and we have offloaded after a few months. Actually, says a few moths there, but I don't think that was the case. Uh, <laughs> I might remember Gabby Adini arriving on a wave of optimism as well, but... yeah. Yeah, well, whoever was going to replace Ian Wright wasn't going to do very well, were they? Um, well, I'm he didn't even replace Chris Armstrong. Was it Chris Armstrong? Oh, yeah, Coco Pop. You know what? I take it all back. My brain's gone as well, Nick. Sure yeah, fault. you called me old. Yeah, at least you are. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm wondering if it's a case of deja vu with Glenn. If it's, the system, if it's the system, then it's up to Dougie to get the right system to get Glenn popping them in like he did for Brighton last year. Do I win the T-shirt? No, I'm undecided. We've got to decide pretty soon, but I'm currently undecided. Um, well, I think I think the sort of key thing in there to to have a quick chat about is uh, whether or not we can this 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 uh, comment of effective proven goal scorer. Uh, it's a bit of a misnomer, really, because if you're talking about an effective proven goal scorer at Championship level, then we haven't got that money. Um, yeah, no chance. I mean, we might pick someone up on a free if we're lucky, but I think that's what we tried with with, with Murray. Uh, I've I, I still got a lot of time for Murray. I still think he will do the business um, if he can stay 100% fit and get himself in, in the back in the side for the rest of the rest of the season. But I think coming on to next season, I, I think we will move on as a squad. Um, it's very difficult to <coughs> buy one. Uh, the, the best ones we've had in recent years, AJ wasn't doing that well at Birmingham. Ian yeah. Wright out in the long league. Chris Armstrong. Where did we get him from? We got him from non-league, Millwall. didn't we? Millwall, wasn't it? Yes. Millwall, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, it's it, like you said, it's going to cost a small fortune. It, it, yeah, you, we can only say if only about Jordan Rhodes, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't know what they are asking for, but obviously it's significantly higher now for Jordan Rhodes. But I, I don't know. I think we've done the right thing in, in looking at someone like Apaya, uh, who's clearly a a, a, a goal scorer. Uh, and just taking the risk that we can get him up to to championship fitness levels, and uh, and that he would make that step up in terms of ability. Uh, seeing him talk on on Palace Player, he certainly looks confident enough. So that that I think that's the only way we can do that. We'll have to take a chance on some <coughs> league, oh, bloody hell, some lower league or non league players, and and see if they make that step up. And we're not. If you look down our uh, academy at the moment, we're not producing anyone who's hitting you know twenty thirty goals a season really. Um, I think our, our academy sort of share the goals around quite a lot. I'm, I'm not aware of, a, of an out-and-out goal-scoring striker coming through. I think that's a lot of what we're doing in, in targeting these young players like like Bain Fennick and uh, Quasi Apai. I think that's why we're doing it. Uh, interesting times, but um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't I don't see. I remember Gareth Taylor vividly. Um, I'm not. Sh- he, he had quite a long career, and and you know, was never a fantastic goal scorer for anyone. So. Don't really know what happened yeah. with that signing. It was a bit of for me. I was quite young when it happened, like in nineteen ninety five. I was fifteen years old, but I I remember um, it was for a, a decent amount of money. But you sort of looked at it, looked at him where he was playing. I think it's Bristol Rovers, and just thought, why have we why have we had to pay that for someone like that? He's you know he's effectively a tall lad. It was like it's like Peter Crouch without the ability. Um, it was quite a strange one. 
Um, but yeah, I don't see Murray as that. I think Murray's shown himself a significantly better player with a with a far better touch already, in my opinion. But but you know, welcome to disagree. Um, Benjamin, can Hello. you read the email that set starts "Hi guys and Nick"? I sure can. Hi guys and Nick. The best thing Dougie has done is to improve the players. Even Ambrose is performing better than last year, and this speaks volumes for his coaching capabilities. Also, he's spent what little money he's been given very well. Regards, P. Nuss. (laughs) Oh, children, honestly. Um, It's an interesting point. Uh, Ambrose is playing better than last year, and and there there is a great deal of indication that the the coaching is going so well um on that subject i think lenny lawrence was uh, had his interview on palace player and he was talking about wolf zaha uh, and he was saying that dougie manages him brilliantly he's you know he's given him support but he's also on his case to do things as well and and sort of it's a little window into to the sort of detail that dougie's going into in terms of man management and i think when you look at I mean, the current plaudits going to sort of Harry Redknapp. That's what he is. He's a he's a man manager, and it's it's such a vital uh, part of of modern management. And I think it's it's something you can't really teach. I think you either know how to handle players or you don't. Dougie's shown that he, as well as having an eye for a good transfer, he's shown that he's he's got a good ability uh, to to manage players and and to probably have you imagined? Well, he's he's a he was a sensational player for us as well. And I think on the coaching field, you, you you can't do anything but learn from a guy like that who was dedicated, played quite late into his well, he was into his mid thirties while playing, and you know he's he's a physically fit bloke. So it's it's good, it's good to take sort of direction from a person like that. So it sort of inspires them in, in many ways, I guess. So it's a, it's a good comment. Uh, Nick, do you want to read the next one? Yeah. Um, hi from Holland. Good show, guys. Mile Jedinak was awesome on set for sure. I know Shkvambo has been a critic of Jedi, but we do all agree that we should reserve judgment on new players coming from a foreign league for three or four months. He never misses a ball in the air, and he was constantly getting his head on the end of the push keepers kicked from when he had the ball, which eased the pressure on Paddy and Gardner. Saturday left me feeling very positive about the future of the Palace. <laughs> I'm going to miss the last bit out. That's good. Yes. um, uh, Something about Shandy. Uh, And that's from Mr. Sai. Yeah, Mr. Sai, yeah. Okay. Um, The points we've not really addressed in there. Obviously, yeah, I did say I did did, uh, early days, like many people, was a little bit uh, critical of of Jed Jed and Ak. I think it does it does teach in a lot of ways. So again, I wouldn't say I was ever overly critical, and I've always I think many people were saying you know he might he might improve in time, but right now he's not he's not up to the level. I think a lot of people were saying, and there is a lesson to be learned there in, in judging players. And again, from a foreign league for three to four months, maybe maybe that is as long as it takes. But at the same time, you don't want to stop people having an opinion uh, there and then of. If, if you're playing a, playing a match and you lose that match and you want to talk about it, if, if, the, res, if the reason was that the player who's not quite adjusted to the to the football um, let you down in any way, then you, you've got every right to say it, I suppose. But certainly in terms of judging ability overall, I think it's completely completely fair to give to give people a uh, a chance. Apparently, people are leaving the chat room to watch TV, so we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, that was the the last email I'm going to read anyway. There is another one that's that song, but um, yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. 
Okay, right. Uh, last thing we didn't talk about really was that um, the kids for a quid thing on the family day. We had a bit. There was a bit of complaining about um, non-regulars and their behaviour. Um, but I, personally, I don't see the family days as anything other than a fantastic positive. The attendance was just a shade under nineteen thousand, which I think they were hoping for a few more. Uh, but I think the Reading game beat that because because of the ten pound for the guest of season ticket holders deal that wasn't available yeah. in this family day. I think that was the reason for that. But um, but definitely a good attendance. It was great to see the youngsters having a, having a, having a laugh. Um, just thoughts on the family day as a whole. Um, start with you, Nick. I think it's fantastic. If we don't have days like that, then uh, our attendances in ten fifteen years will will be appalling. We need to we need to get them in young. We need to get them in before they start supporting Man United and. And the, and the big five, as it were, and if people are moaning about children standing on seats, well, tough titty. It's for one game. Get over yeah. it. Fair dues. <laughs> uh, ben? Yeah, I've only seen a couple of complaints on Twitter that you know, they don't particularly like the amount of kids running around, but to be honest, it's, it's not a problem at all. All the family days that I've been to, the atmosphere's been good. You know, the kids enjoy it, it gets the club some publicity and a bit of cash, so, yeah, it's not a problem for me at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the club do family do days now better than they ever have done. I think that, that the amount on offer from, I think from like midday, really, that you could, you could safely spend that entire time at Sellers with your family and just have kids will have an absolute whale of a time. I'm disappointed not to see Kayla, I think. But um, but yeah, they do, they're doing better than ever. And for me, uh, before I just give you a chance to speak, Nick, before I was going to say, really, I, I read that the issue that the person had on, on Homesdale with regards to kids standing on seats and stuff like that. My opinion is you can always solve it through a bit in, bit of a conversation rather than confrontation. But we don't, you know, it's an, each each person has an individual uh, way they, they want to see the game and how they think that they should behave. And perhaps it's endemic of society that people have problems, I don't know. But, but for me, it shouldn't take the gloss off what uh, was a very, very successful family day. Um, and a win. We never used to get wins on a family day with... True that, and that's it, it. Makes a huge difference for for the kiddies to come and you know enjoy themselves, and they love the atmosphere as well. There's some fantastic videos on YouTube of um, some of the young lads running over to the fanatics, who who were absolutely brilliant in in talking to them and shaking their hand and having you know getting them involved and all that sort of stuff as well. And that's what you want to see because it's the atmosphere that brings people back more than anything for me when when you're young. Um, you know, before the the idea of moaning about what's happening now on the pitch even occurs to you. Um, Nick, sorry, mate. Go on. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm getting old because I'm nodding at you as you're saying that with agreement rather than <laughs> speaking out loud. Um, family Day is vital for blooding the next generation of support, says Hippie Stu. Um, outside the ground before the game, they were um, they had the crystals um, putting tattoos, little crystal palace tattoos. I was very jealous of Will because he had Nina stroking his arm. Oh. And it turns out that she doesn't like the word... She doesn't like to hear the Mrs. Coffin being in the background, as she's heard me. Um, she doesn't like the word moist, apparently. She prefers soggy. Oh bless! <laughs> That's Nina. Uh, yeah. So was was Nina soggy? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's what happened there. I'll edit that out of the podcast. Only when she saw the podcast exists. That what is. podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure something will save somewhere. I I don't I don't know. I know that for a fact. But um, yeah, be a shame well, if this this wonderful show went um went into the ether of never to be heard again. It would stop me getting the sack if it didn't. Oh yeah, good point. Good point. All right, well look, let's let's leave it there. It's been a been a great show. Really appreciate everyone. The competition, Chris. Oh yeah, yeah the competition. Um, well look, 
I'm going to ask you guys individually. Um, who do I pick on first? Who doesn't have a chance to look? Uh, ben, what was your favourite contact of the day? Oh, yes. um, I would say Jerry <laughs> for me. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Um, Put a lot Nick, of effort into that email. He did. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? I, although it wasn't read out or sung out, I've got to go for the song because I think it's you know it is spectacular. It, it's, um, just heartfelt. Um, it's true. Heartfelt call for Calvin, for Calvin's mm-hmm. Nadsgro. Your yeah. head is in chest for like Ronaldo. I can't watch <laughs> Palisa without you. I can't watch any more. <laughs> got to Orient, I'm stuck with Jermaine. Jermaine. It's, it's just so much thought has gone into that. He's yeah. he, in the chat room. He said, "I'm off to write the email," and literally 22 seconds later, it appeared in the show document. Oh, so the amount of thought that's, into it. I was going to say that's the amount of thought that's gone into it. Yeah. Well, that's your nominations. I'm not going with that. I'm going to I'm going to go with Jerry as well. I thought Jerry did, Jerry's email was a. Uh, we uh, have um, a winner. So Jerry, I'll uh, I'll get in contact with yourself uh, probably over Facebook or something, and um, or you can email us if you if you're still listening. You can email us radio at homesdale.net with your address, and we'll get Terry uk to post you your Wilfred Zaha T-shirt. So um, well done, Jerry. Thank you very much, and richly deserved for your regular contributions. Anyway, um, and let's uh, let's end the show there. Obviously, thank you to everyone who's listened and contributed. Uh, my thanks to Nick and to Ben. Cheers, chaps. Thank you. Um, Au revoir. And, uh, and of course, um, we will be back next week with the return of producer Mikey. So until oh, just before I go, I bet I have to say this live on air, otherwise it won't work. Um, guys, we're going to have to sit here for a while. But if you can put your microphones on mute at the end of the show, um, I, I will uh, I will contact you regarding how we continue speaking. But for the moment, I just want to make sure I don't cut anyone off. All right. So um, again, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Oh, I say, I say goodbye. I've got to actually click the thing that says goodbye. Bye. 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 Mm. Right, okay. So um, here is the, the podcast outro. Uh, you'd have uh, probably very much enjoyed the last hour and 40 minutes or so. Uh, you'd be probably very unhappy that it came to an end, I expect. But but good things do have to come to an end. Uh, so how did you find the uh, recording session today, gentlemen? If I may start with you, Benjamin. Mm, I thought it was very good, yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. We certainly enjoyed doing it. Lots of contribution that we enjoyed. So I hope you, hope you liked everybody's emails and tweets and, and Facebook messages. But there's a, a lot more Twitter interaction than usual. How many did we get in the end? Um, just under 30. 30 tweets and then lots of retweets as well, so it's, it was good mm. on the Twitter front. Yeah, it was uh, good to have you guys sort of obviously uh, getting involved in a live fashion with uh, interacting with the listeners. I think that works well, and we'll, we'll try and do that more in the future. Obviously, it depends mm, depends on the presenter lineup because not everyone can cope with that. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Um, <coughs> <laughs> that's unfair. Mark's brilliant. <clears throat> uh, Nick, did you, uh, did you enjoy that today? Yeah, 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 I did. I was, I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, as you would have heard throughout the whole show, it's Nick's on another planet today. I don't know what's happened. Um, have you, can you shed any on what your problem is? I think it was that meteor last night. It's kind of got a bit... Um, <laughs> what's that film where they all go blind? Because Day of the Triffids. I think it's the start of Day of the Triffids. <laughs> well, well... I've uh, just gone deaf instead of blind. Yeah. Uh, you forgot to add stupid as well, but there we are. Oh, I will look. I I thoroughly enjoyed myself today, um, despite 
pre-show worrying about uh, just what sort of a mental state I think I just about coped. Um, and obviously, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, very much the way we want to go in terms of, of the amount of contact from you guys, so we really do appreciate it. Uh, but don't forget as well, if you're a podcast-only listener for from circumstances beyond your control or uh, or just general laziness... Uh, or you, you like do- Top Gear. Or you like Top Gear. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Actually, what's Top Gear? But anyway, the... um. You can still get in contact with us during the week. Obviously, we, you know what we're going to do on a Sunday. We're going to review the week's events for CPFC. So if you've got any opinions you want to share about the game or anything like that, just email us, radio at homesdale.net at any time, and you will feature. Um, Ian's been very good at doing that recently. We've sort of had an email on a Wednesday, which obviously when he listens to the podcast, I guess. Um, and that, that's really helped in the in planning planning the show and getting your involvement going, really. So, yeah, why not do that? Um, yeah, thanks for downloading, and we will speak to you again next week. Cheerio now. Goodbye. Bye. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.